we spend a lot of time on the client retention side of things. To me, that is an aspect of sales because it's easier to keep a customer year over year over year than to find a new customer. Hello and welcome back to the Kelly Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand strategist and style expert on a personal mission to inspire daily at least five people to take action, do something different and just show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Keep your messages coming and those reviews on Apple Podcasts to say which episode that you loved and what was your biggest takeaway. It has such an impact on the algorithm and means so much not only to me, but to the guest that was involved too. Thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. Today's guest is Amira Alvarez. Now she's the founder and the CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs, empire builders, athletes, and rising stars in all fields to achieve their dreams and goals in record time. She's also the host of Unstoppable Women podcast, which I was recently a guest on talking about personal brand and the importance of style. Amira is someone who has made a quantum leap and we talk about this because she was making six figures barely and then how she then changed her strategies and the things that she did to go on and make 700k in one year and then on to seven figures. She knows exactly what it was she did and she shares those mindset shifts that are required to get out of your own way and live a life on your own terms. In this podcast, we talk about how to scale your business, what are the law of successes, and what does it take to reach your goals. Amira is proud to have helped thousands of women and men to confidently break free of limitations and be unstoppable in the pursuit of a life that they are proud to have lived. Enjoy this episode. I loved recording it, and I know that there's so much value in this, so don't forget to take notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show and welcome, Amir. It's great to have you. I'm super excited to be here, Kelly. Let's do this. It's the other way around because I was recently on your podcast and it's so nice that actually even the content I think that we're going to be talking about today is the power of podcasting when it's building a business, building your personal brand. But before we get to that, why don't you give everyone a little bit of a backstory, who you are and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So my name is Amira Alvarez. I work with women entrepreneurs, small business owners who are hitting some sort of block in terms of how to scale. And I help them move through those both internal blocks and the tactical strategic blocks that they're facing in order for them to, you know, make bank and a ton of money. So we we are very uh, forward facing on, yes, we're helping you scale your, your income and your revenue. And concurrently, it's about having a great, dynamic, lit up life. So we, it's not either or. It's about how to have the, the big life uh, in both fronts. But if you're not making the kind of money you want as a business owner, then y- you tend to feel trapped. So that's our, that's our uh, you know, how we help, how we, how we really support women. Nice. And do you do that as a one-on-one? Is it a group thing? What's your, your model that you have for that? Yeah. So the Unstoppable Woman, which is the company that I, I founded and, and run, does both private coaching, so one-on-one, but also we have we have events that are open to the public. We have our high-level masterminds. We have 
uh, group coaching programs. We have a variety of ways that people can access the work that we do. And we also have a ton of free stuff that we love, like our podcast, which is the topic for today, that I do a ton of teaching. At, At heart, I'm a teacher. I love to break down this complicated topic of success into really concrete ways that people can access it so that they can implement new ways of thinking, new ways of being, new actions to take so that they can really scale. I love it. So I want to come back to the success piece because I think that's a really interesting word in terms of how people see it and associate it. But before we do, what got you into the space of where you are now? What were you doing? What Were you a teacher before when you said at heart, that's what you um, you love doing? Yes and no. So I was a teacher. I had a different business where I, I taught a modality that was a mind-body modality. Uh, previous uh-huh. to that, I worked in corporate. I ran operations and real estate development for a, a startup company and you know, a, a lot of other things as, as we are apt to have careers in, in different functions and, and areas. But for me, I ended up moving across the country. I live in the United States and I had the opportunity to, to start over, if you will. And, and I decided that I really liked this aspect of what I was doing in my previous work that was related to coaching. And I didn't really understand why I liked it so much, but I really loved helping people and I could see that I had this aptitude for it. So I, I went in that direction and I started this business and about three years in, I, I, love, I love to share my numbers, Kelly, because I think it helps people understand what one version of business looks like. So my first year, so six to nine months of that first year, but that first calendar year, I made $30,000. It was like, okay, this is there's there's some proof of concept here, but it wasn't enough for the standard of living that I really wanted to live at. And then the second year, I tripled my income and I made 90K. I was very proud of that. However, my goal was that six-figure mark, right? That, that mythical six-figure mark that you know you want to cross. And I, I, I hadn't made that. So I was, I was going really hard. And the third year in business, I made 138K. And so that was another, what, 50K basically. And, and I felt pretty good about that. I was, I was making good progress. But there was this one night where I, you know, probably had worked 12 hours, probably got up at 6, 6.30, like laptop in bed, going for it, going hard immediately. Like the tiger was chasing me all day long and it was not a client facing day. So I found myself in my office with my laptop at 6.30 at night with my husband calling upstairs and going, hey, babe, dinner's ready. Come on down. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'll be right down. I just want to get one more thing done. Famous last words, right? Like how (laughs) often have you said that? I just want to get one more thing done. And an hour passed and he started dinner without me and he did not guilt and shame me. I'm very appreciative about that. And yet I had this total wake up moment. I was like, this cannot be the path to success. I'm working really hard. I know I'm good at what I do. I'm a good person, but this cannot be what Beyonce does. This cannot be what Oprah does. This cannot be (laughs) what Sarah Blakely does, right? Like, come on, what am I, like, what am I doing wrong here? And that was really the conversation in my head. 
And instead of staying there, which is what I had done previously, like it's not the first time I had had that thought, but instead of staying Mm. there, I thought, okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. I'm going to study what successful people do. I'm going to learn what success is based on. And I hired a mentor and I studied every day and I watched people and I put together a methodology for myself, you know, in that was later on, I put together the methodology, but that year, year four in business, I went from 138K to 700K in one year. So I five times my income. Yeah. And here's the thing, Kelly, I had a goal of making seven figures, right? I had a goal of making a million dollars that year and I didn't make it. Okay. Again, I was like, oh no, I didn't make my goal, but I had done something so much bigger than that. I realized Mm. that I had broken through on the limited perspective of how I was seeing myself, like what I was seeing is really possible for myself. And I started to see this new identity and, and, and live it out. And was that easy? Absolutely not. Is it for the faint of heart? No way. It was, (laughs) it was a lot of facing my demons, facing the fears all of that. But that's that's really the genesis for the unstoppable woman because I had to then figure out what I had done so that I could teach it to my clients. And that's the methodology that I was talking about. And I love talking about it. You know, it's an integration of psychology, understanding how your subconscious programming works and understanding the laws of success, which we can dive into. They're very foundational success principles, their laws, that if you understand how to apply them, you will have success. And then there were things in business that I just realized I had to learn that were like the tactical outer game pieces that you have to, you have to understand in order to get ahead. So putting that all together has been really fun. Yeah. Satisfying. Love it. Like, so I definitely want to dive into the laws of success, but one of the other aspects I just wanted to, to just touch on was I love that you have put everything into that you've shared, you know, the numbers. And I I think you've put it into context. And I think that's really important for people that are starting out, that are further in the journey. And it's not, it's not a case of, oh, comparison, I'm not there yet, or oh wow, I've superseded that. But it's honesty about numbers. And one thing that always really strikes me is why are people not honest about numbers? Why don't they talk about it? I think there's a lot of shame around it. I think because people don't understand what it takes, they th- so here, let's break this down. We were all trained to be successful by how we went through school. And generally speaking, people have had different schooling experiences, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, the teacher or the system tells you what you have to do in order to succeed. There's a structure and it's very delineated. You, you study for the test and you get the grade and you dot the I's and you cross the T's. And that's how you get success. Now, when you go into business for yourself and, and you've been the good student all these years, not everyone is, but you know, let's say that that's, that's how you've yeah. been brought up. Um, you go into business and there's no structure. There's no one saying this is what success how to how to like. how to dot the i's how to study for the test mm-hmm. so you're left kind of using the old skill set which is uh work really hard that was one of my main tools work really hard and and it's not that there isn't work effort involved but that cannot be your only 
tool, okay? But work really hard and do all the small little work. Like in school, you had to have the punctuation correct and you had to get the math equation correct and you had to pay attention to all these little details. And it's not that I'm advocating for shoddy work because I'm not. I have a high standard of excellence. But if you put your attention on those small things and you don't put your attention on the big things, you won't move the needle in your business. And yet we've been trained all those years of upbringing to put our attention on the small things and to do things for other people, for the teacher, for mom and dad, for your best (laughs) friend, to put other people first. And and what ends up happening is you don't do the the needle-moving work in your business and you don't scale. You're busy. You do a lot of work, right? Like my my wake up moment, I was busy. I was trying to do that next thing on my my list, but you don't you don't move ahead. Can you give some examples of what you would define as needle moving mo- not moments, but needle moving um activity things? Activities, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamentally, it's sales and marketing. Mm. So let me, let me break this down. Uh, there's, there's the inner game and there's the outer game. And we have to differentiate between the two. Let's start with that. So on the, and you have to understand what's most important. 80% of success is inner game. How you, outer game would be sales and marketing. So is hiring team and leadership and uh, doing your books and all of that. There's lots of outer game stuff. But if your inner game isn't strong, You won't do the outer game at the high level that you need to. You'll always come up with excuses or reasons why you can't or self-sabotage yourself and wonder why it's not working. So you can't just look at the outer game activity. So 80% is inner game. Now, if you stare at your navel and you just go, oh, I'm going to study myself and have self-awareness, but you never put it into action, that doesn't work either. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what's not needle moving on the outer game is emails. It's not graphic design. It's not even client work. I know that's shocking. That was a shocking thing for me to, to recognize. I love my clients. I do excellent work, but if you let client work fill your schedule, 80%, you won't do, you can't grow. Okay. So, but people do, people say, I have to get, you know, we have a lot of lawyers as, as clients. We have, we have clients in all different industries and there's always client deliverably, deliverable work that you have to do. But if you let that fill your schedule because you're afraid to do something else, and that's why we let it fill our schedule, then you won't grow. But sales and marketing visibility, the podcast, which is where we, we started off this, yeah. this conversation, <laughs> we'll right? Get there like eventually. Getting out there being, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like doing the, the, the work, the front end work that's going to grow your business. And, and I think of, you know, before we hit record on this, we were talking about some other things and I was saying, you know, we spend a lot of time on the client retention side of things. To me, that is an aspect of sales because it's easier to keep a customer year over year over year than to find a new customer. So I consider that re-enrollment process, that ascension process, that client happiness process, all of that, I consider that part of the needle moving action, the the sales side, 
but you have to have a, a really clear picture of all, all the pieces that you have to be working on. I think that's great. I love that 80% is inner work and what comes from that as well. And, and the real honesty piece, you know, about the activities, you know, the graphic design. I mean, the amount of times I speak to people in, in branding, it's what I do, help people with their personal brand and they get so hung up on their logo. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a really important part. It, it is. But but it's, it, people get so um, stuck in that space that they nearly can't move forward. So I really, really like that. But Can I tell you a funny story on that? Absolutely. So when I first started this business, I spent the first six months before I even hung out my shingle, um, <laughs> told people what I was doing, building my website, right? And I was so in scarcity that I didn't hire an expert and I was trying to do it on my own. And I was futzing around with uh, fonts and colors and all and learning HTML, all this stuff, because I thought I had to bootstrap it. I thought I had to do it all myself. And, and there's a place for bootstrapping. But what would have been a much better use of time and, and energy would have been to hire someone, get it done good enough, and, and iterate as you go. And here's the thing, Kelly, I believe in branding. You know, we have a very strong brand. If you go to our website, you, you will see we have a strong brand. I, I love beauty. I think it's incredibly important to have that clear. We, you know, I've gone through many graphic designers and found someone that I love and she's essential to our team. Right. And I, and I, and I give her direction, but it's not what I spend though. When I need to, to do productive procrastination, like when I need to clear my head, I might do it. Um, but it's not the highest and best use of my, my time as, as is, you know, the, the personal styling, which is part of the brand. I, I have a style. It's important to have a style. And I had to step into that as I grew my business. And it's part of our brand. It's not not important. It's just, you don't want to lose yourself in that and forget that you have to do inner game work, sales and marketing, and put it all together. Love that. Yeah, really good. And nice that you touched on the, the style piece, because we talked about that in, a lot in your podcast about how much the the personal style transformation made to you as an identity going forward in your brand and in your business. So everyone needs to tune in to the Unstoppable uh, Unstoppable podcast. It is, isn't it? It's it's the Unstoppable Woman podcast. Unstoppable Woman podcast. Perfect. Um, I'll put the show notes, I'll put in the link so people can connect into that particular episode to find out what we were talking about. And of course, I'll have all your details on the website as well too. What I did want to circle back to, which I know people are probably thinking, I hope she hasn't forgotten to go back and ask this success, the laws of success. Because I think success yeah. is such an interesting word in terms of what is it people view it, what success is to you is different to me. Let's maybe elaborate if you, if you don't mind on that. Absolutely. So I believe success is achieving the goals that you have set for yourself. Earl Nightingale has a great definition of success. He says it's the continuous progression and worthy pursuit of continuous journey towards a worthy goal. So he doesn't even say it's achieving the goal. It's the journey. It's that you're focused on achieving that goal. I happen to really like achievement. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I really like achieving my goals. Now, if you only look at achieving your goals and you don't appreciate the journey, 
what happens is that you set yourself up for disappointment because Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes longer than you think it's going to take. Sometimes you um, get to the goal and you don't have the next goal set and you're like, why, you know, you're lost at that point. So I do teach my clients how to pay attention to the wins along the way and the journey along the way. So I do believe that's important. But let's say you have a goal that's different from my goal. It's not about Mm -hmm. the goal. It's about that it's your it's your correct goal and it's the truth of what you want. So a true desires is absolutely key. And when I was making that big quantum leap from 138 to 700K, my big goal was this uh, was this million dollar mark, the seven figures. And uh, it hooked me. I was like, could I do that? Could I make that leap in one year? And that was, that was a true desire. It didn't come from anyone else. It came from, from, from mm. me. And then I started learning these laws and, and that true desire piece is part of the laws. And they really helped me understand how to approach business in my life. And there's seven foundational laws, but one of them, for instance, is the law of cause and effect. For every effect, there is a cause. So we talked earlier about uh, branding. Let's take that, that mm-hmm. uh, you want clients that want to pay you for your product or service. And in order to attract that type of client, you need to be someone, this also has to do with the law of vibration, you have to be someone who's vibrating at that level. And that has everything to do with your internal perspective on yourself, your self-image, your identity, and also Mm -hmm. how you're presenting yourself what you see yourself worthy of in your brand. And that's going to attract a certain kind of client. So the cause there is you, the cause there is your branding, the cause there is the level at which you're vibrating, and you're going to get a certain effect. You're going to attract a certain level of client, a certain type of client. And if you understand that for every effect that you want, whether it's income, whether it's relationship, whether it's intimacy, whether it's beauty, there is a cause, and you have to own the fact, you have to take personal responsibility for what that cause is. So there's seven of these laws. I could go on and on. Like I teach on this all day long, and I could go on and on and on about this. We we actually have a download on it, which I'm happy to share with your your audience. If Absolutely. We would love that. Again, I'll pop that in the show notes as well. So out of the seven, which one has had the biggest impact on your success? Oh, it depends on the day, Kelly. You know, like <laughs> right now I'm really into the law of cause and effect, but the law of polarity has been huge for me. The law of vibration, the law of relativity. I, I, th- I think the law of polarity, when I finally got it, when I finally understood that if I have an idea, that is something that's in non-form. It's on one pole. And the, the flip side is the actualization of that idea and it's in form. It's the concrete manifestation of my idea. But the, the the law of polarity says that everything is here and it's here now and that nothing is created as half. Everything is created as a whole. So if I have an idea of something that I desire, something that I want, that is one half of a whole and the other half is currently not in form, but I have to become someone who calls it into form but the potentiality for that is here and it's here now. 
So it's up to me. I wouldn't have had this idea or this desire in business. Let's say it's an income goal or it's an impact goal or it's a, you want to build something in your business goal. You wouldn't have that desire if the, the ways and the means for it wasn't here and here now for you to actualize on it. Now it's up to you, personal responsibility, to make that real. But once I got that, I realized I can really get the, I can get this done. I can make this happen. Yeah. And then it just becomes effortless. Yeah. I'm not going to say effortless. I, I'm going to disagree with you. So so the the process, the understanding of the process becomes effortless, but here's yes. how it really works for me. Okay. I will, we'll have like the next big goal in the business. And it's like, that's crazy time. How are we going to do that? Right? Like mm-hmm. I want that. I know that the ways and the means are here. I step back, I go into receiving mode, I start getting all the downloads of the ways and the means and the how, and then we start putting it into play on the field of play. And inevitably, there's challenges, okay? It doesn't always work out perfect, perfect. But if you, if you learn to, to ride the waves, right, and, and you move through the challenges, then you achieve it easier and faster than you ever thought possible. But, but is there no effort there? I actually, I, I know that effortless can mean a lot of different things, but I, I have mm-hmm. a strong stance that like, you show up every day and you do your work, right? You do your genius work in this world. And I know you live that, Kelly. Like you, you yeah, show yeah, up yeah. and you do your work. It's not like you're like, it's all gonna like rain from heaven without me taking any action. So yeah. Yeah. So on that, just when you're talking about, you know, success and, and getting to the point, I was curious to know, what do you do? to celebrate your wins or when you crossed your, your, your seven figures, what did you do? Okay. So daily I celebrate my wins at the end of the day. Usually it's a little short, little joint journaling. It's really to go back and see what went well, because so often we can just be on to the next. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a very important part of my mental health and my process as an entrepreneur, because you can just be on to the next challenge that's over the, over into the next day. In terms of crossing the seven figures, you know, it's a funny story. I didn't think I made it when I made it. I got to the end of the year and I was like at 999,300 or something. Like it was $700. Super, like super close. (laughs) Super close, but I was short. And I was like, I can't actually, I didn't make it. You know, like I was like kind of, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but I was like, uh, I was like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, no, no. And, and so, you know, I was like, okay, next year we'll, we'll get it done. And then I got the, my profit and loss statement from my bookkeeper and I was over by, I don't know, I, I can't remember what it was, 900 or $1,200, but that came like a month or two later and it was a oh, little no. anticlimactic. <laughs> So you were already yeah. kind of so, into January, did, February, the new year. Yeah. And so, but I did, I did take a moment to like acknowledge and say, okay, good. Good job, you. We got it done. Awesome. Absolutely. So. That, that's awesome. So what made you then, so with all the, the parts of the businesses you're growing, what made you turn into to podcasting or turn to podcasting? Because it's a big element in what you do and how you promote yourself, connections. What made you decide to do one? So I think it has to do with, I love teaching. I love Mm -hmm. taking complicated information 
and breaking it down into applicable nuggets of understanding so that people can really go take this material that's been very esoteric for for many years, whether it's the psychology side or the 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 law side or even sometimes the tactical outer game feels very esoteric it feels very mysterious like i don't understand how to do that so fundamentally i love teaching and i love to break break this down so the podcast was a natural evolution of that and we do something that i think is fairly unique on the podcast we we do three episodes each week where one is an interview one is a coaching uncut episode, which is a recording of a coaching call that I do with a client. So people who are interested in up-leveling their thinking and Mm -hmm. how to approach success in business, they can have access to this this, uh, coaching on the podcast. And it's a real real give value add. And you have to translate it to your own business, but you get to hear the the kinds of things that come up for, for people. And then the third piece is teaching content. So we do, I do it, uh, a topic every week on, on either the laws or the, um, an outer game marketing strategy where, you know, this is how to apply it. This is what we're doing. So I think fundamentally I got into it because I love teaching and I'm an auditory learner and an auditory processor, if you will. So podcasting made a lot of sense for me. And I love I love talking to to guests and people, and it's been great for the the business. We have a lot of clients who listen to the podcast. Some of them become a po- client immediately, but some people listen for three months, six months, a, a while, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, I want to take the next step." And then they they understand who we are and what we we're doing, so it makes good sense for them. Like they're already like a yes. Uh, they just want to know what will what would be the best support for us for me. So three three podcasts and in terms of delivering different content, it's quite time consuming creating content in that space. Um, how do you manage that? Do you batch it? Um, do you, you what, what's your sort of tips on that on that um, on that side? Yeah. So we do something. We just started doing this, Kelly, and so far it's working. I think we're gonna tweak it a little bit, but we, mm-hmm. we're we doing something now called recording weeks where the main priority for the week, like I clear the calendar of uh, 90% of my other meetings and the main priority are interviews on other people's podcasts and interviews of people on our podcast. And we do some other recordings uh, as well, like content for the podcast and then, you know, different videos that I have, I, I want to get done and need to get done. Mm-hmm. But we, we block a week out of the month for that. We might switch that up a little bit and do uh, 90, 90 days of like intense podcast uh, engagement where we're doing a bunch of interviewing during those those 90 days and then having that for the rest of the year kind of thing. We, we, we're playing with the the frame up of that. So that's how we do the the interviewing side of things and the content creation. I would love to say that it's work to do it during recording week because that ha- was the plan, that was my vision. The truth is that we booked so many interviews that that hasn't left me the the spaciousness to do the thinking because for every teaching podcast that I do 
there's conceptualizing the idea, writing out my talking points, and then actually getting it recorded. And that is a whole process. And it probably takes two hours per episode. So, and I'm not a, I'm not a dancing monkey, so I can't just do two hours and then another two hours and then another two hours. Like there's a spaciousness that's required for that. So what's worked really well for me for the content is, you know, I will wake up in the morning and as I'm, you know, doing my morning routine, I will write out my notes and then record it while it's fresh in my head that morning and and mm. have that ready to go. So still still iterating on that process. The coaching on cut um calls we just record, those are easy to to do. Yeah. Because I've also been trying to work a system with regards to YouTube content and creating content for podcasts. So I've been trying with um having days where I know because I've looked at the option of doing a week, but I've I've found I've always needed to do something before that week's come around in the calendar. And it's nearly like if I allow a day, so I'm trialing with that. But I do like the idea where you can immerse yourself completely into content creation of what it is, whether it's creating reels or doing, um, you know, podcasts or doing YouTube. And you've got to try it. And I think what works for you one year might not work for you in six months time. And it's, I guess, about evolving with that as well. Completely, 100%. And, and you know, we're, we're iterating on the process. We have, you know, all of this that needs to get done during that week and what, what's actually viable, what's actually doable. So like this next week, I'm like, we can only do three days of interviews. We can't do five days because that doesn't leave me enough time to do the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I do like the idea of block scheduling. Sometimes one day a week is like, another version of this is figuring out all the content that you want to get done, really playing that out and then getting it on your calendar weekly. And then you're building a process. You're, you're, you're building it out for the future. So we all, we all test and tweak and you know have to work it out. I often think about to when I first started my business, because one of the complaints or complaints, but challenges, I think people find it is, um, it's so time consuming or you know, I wish I didn't have to do it or I'm not into it. And I say, well, but you have an audience, you know, 20 years ago when I started business, we still used fax machines in um, the Middle East, you know, and, and we had to go knocking on doors and it was a very different, a very different space. What would be your tips to someone who's potentially just starting a podcast or looking to start? Yeah, I would. Okay. So I have a lot of ideas on this. So one of the things that really worked for us, and and if you want, I can find, we did a whole long blog post on, it was like a blueprint on how to start a podcast. That would be a, a useful mm-hmm. framework. And I can, I can find that link for you. I don't have it off the top of my head. But, you know, one of the things we did in the beginning was we recognized that in order to get onto iTunes quickly, because sometimes it takes a long time, you need to have good audio quality. You need to have good, it just needs to be a well-polished thing. So uh, we bought high quality equipment and mm-hmm. just went for that. That was important. So on that blog post, I, I do the links to the equipment that we bought. And then we we did ask friends and family to uh, listen to the first few episodes. We did five pillar episodes. So we recorded five 
foundational pillar episodes to the podcast and and drop those all at once. So there was mm-hmm. something content. on the podcast. Nice. Yeah, content there. And then we asked friends and family to go listen and to, you know, give us a, a review on it and and on iTunes to kind of get some credibility in the the beginning. And we shared it with our our list and our uh you know in our community and people started listening and, and loving it. Then I think the next thing is to ask people to engage, ask people to like and share and and do that regularly. We've kind of fallen off the the wagon on that and just saying it out loud I, is reminding me to do that again. In the beginning, that was our message constantly. We weren't asking people to do anything. We we did let people know that we had uh, resources there that they could go find, but fundamentally it was just, you know, like it, share it. And, and that worked really well. I think in the beginning, we didn't do guest interviews. It was just a, a content podcast and that slowed our growth. And we, I learned, oh, to grow a podcast, you need to have guests on and you need to be on other people's podcasts. Other people's, oh, that's yeah. how, right. That's how it works. So I was, I, that was a miss. Uh, even though my team was saying that I was, I was like, no, no, no. And then I got it. And uh, so those would be my recommendations for, for starting out and, and to get really clear about what your theme is. Like, what are you going for? We did do good graphics, what I think are good graphics. And I think we did do, uh, we got some music created, some proprietary music for the intro uh, mm. of the podcast. And I think that gives it a, a nice little polish. I got my uh, audience, my Instagram audience to pick my podcast cover. So we had we had like six to start with and then I got everyone to say which one and then we got down to the final two. And it was really interesting because they were all part of the the journey of that before it actually went live. So they all knew about it rather than going, hey, my podcast has just arrived. So there was a little bit of that build up to it as well, which I think um, also helps Super rather smart. than just waking up. Yeah, one day and going, hey, I've just got this here for you. Yeah, super smart. What are your plans for going forward now? So, you know, because you'd mentioned, I guess, to bring it back, you know, success is about the goals rather than, hey, I've crossed the this the seven figure of what I want to do. What's next for you and the podcast and the team? Yeah, so so we have an amazing small but mighty team. We're about eight or ten people on the on the team between employees and and contractors and the goal is to scale the the business both in terms of revenue but more important how we're doing the work that we do so it, it's it's very important for me to have a, a great impact and our clients have great success that I'm regularly getting emails and comments like whoa like I just made a sale for 25k right like like people are just having amazing success and we just had a client cross have her first million dollar month that blew my mind i was like doing oh, so well i love that yeah but so our goals right now are to to take what we've already done and make it better to make it so that it can reach more people and mm-hmm. that it's not so dependent on the individuals on the team, whether it's me or someone else. And while, and this is very important to me, while keeping the intimacy, because the women who who are part of our, our programs, they are there 
because they want a community of of other driven women who want success and they feel like other people don't get them. There, there's mm-hmm. like a sense of they want the, the they're into the personal growth, they're into taking responsibility, they want more for themselves, and they're they have that entrepreneurial spirit and their best friend might not get them. Their best friend might be, might be great in other ways, but not get them. And so, how do we how do we really grow and scale and keep the intimacy? So that's th- those are our our growth edges right now. How do we how do we do that? I love that. Well, I wanted to wrap up with just to say thank you so much and sharing like so much value. How can people find some of these resources? So I'm going to leave them in in the show in the show notes. But any other places or or, or ways to connect with you now now is the chance. Okay, awesome. So fundamentally, we're on all the social media channels, both as me, Amira Alvarez, and the Unstoppable Woman. So you can find both of that. Uh, we have like if you're interested in the laws of success, we have a, a download, a cheat sheet on the laws of success and. We also have, you know, different trainings on how to approach time and and sales and th- those different outer game uh, strategies that we've been talking about. And but we have this cheat sheet on the laws, which I think your audience, if they're into what we talked about, would really dig that. And and they can find that at theunstoppablewoman.com. So it's theunstoppablewoman.com/success, and they can just grab that download. It's free. And then listen to our podcast. I would love to have, you know, anyone who resonates with this, you know, listen in and access all the 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 good stuff there. So, yeah, listen to the podcast and make sure they rate it. Yes, and thank comment. you. That's why. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and the podcast is just the Unstoppable Woman. Yeah. So I've got one question on that because I thought I didn't know if anyone's asked you at the end of your podcast when you asked me. You had asked me what makes someone unstoppable or what is it what makes you unstoppable? So I want to reverse it because I don't know if anyone's asked you because you asked it on your podcast. Can you answer that question? Has other people asked you that then? So the question is, what makes you, Kelly, an unstoppable woman? And uh, no one, I mean, it's, I, I don't know that anyone's asked me on a podcast no, not in that framework. So you're the first. So, Good job, you. So, so, Amir, so Amir, what makes you an unstoppable woman? Yeah. So, you know, I ask myself that question in my head all the time, and I come up with a thousand different answers. So it, it might be different tomorrow. But fundamentally, it's uh, persistence, like knowing what I want and persistence to a- achieving that in, in that I don't give up on myself. That 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 I actually I actually know how to achieve my goals and I stay persistent in achieving them. Love that. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Amira. It was so good to speak to you again, sharing so much value. Until next time. Bye for now. Did you enjoy this episode? 
If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.